Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Friday Night Smackdown post-show for September 30th, 2022. I'm your host, JD, from New York, as always. Coming to you for the very last time this year from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings. Wherever you may be, man. I'm crying, man. We got to move out of the beer garden, bro. (laughs) Don't worry, man. Don't worry. I used to cry like that every Monday night when Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritch were ruining our Mondays. Anyway, man, it's going to be all right. Listen, had some of you ask me, oh, why are you moving out of the beer garden, man? <laughs> no, no. Listen, man, it's not summer anymore. Can't be giving, giving off those summery vibes in the middle of fucking winter, man. When the leaves are changing color and people are putting fucking uh, ghosts and witches in their front yard. 
And everybody's drinking a nice, ice-cold pumpkin ale. I can't be sitting here with a fucking boardwalk Ferris wheel and the smell of... of uh, soft pretzels and funnel cake. Can't have tacos outside. Can't do it, bro. So we're moving back to the OTS Beer Garden. Out of the OTS Beer Garden, back into the OTS venue. And we will be uh, back where it all got started. Just in case you guys wanted to know why. That's the reason why, man. I want to I keep up with the, uh, the seasons. And I may be getting some other stuff done. We may be adding to the actual original venue, man. But it's going to take a little bit of time because my guys are backed up. But we may be adding uh, another layer of interactive elements. To the live streams, man. You think we're the best right now. I mean, come on. Wait till you see what we got going on, man. Nobody in the IWC is going to be doing what we're doing. I'm on here early. Wanted to hang out with you guys, man. I'm going to let people filter on in here. I know some of you geeks are still watching Rampage. Don't worry about it, man. We'll get started. We'll get started. I got new emotes, man. I got new emotes. I got them. I'm going to show you in a second. They will be, hopefully, I will have them in my mailbox, my email, tomorrow. And I'll put them on the channel for everybody. But I want to show you the emotes, man. Look at this shit. Yeah, look at that. Look at those new emotes, man. I just got them today. Finished. We got the, uh, from the top left, we'll start. We got the... Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. Get him out. Get him out. LTB, man. Long term booking. We got the rock on for everybody. When I say, I want that music on max. I want to see that in the chat. We got. Tuesday, man. We got Taco Tuesday, man. Just to fucking zing it to Jesse. We got a taco that says two for Tuesday. We got the ace, because I'm the fucking ace of New York, man. Nobody in the IWC touches the ace. And we got the bench. So when Guardian and Rage and Otis... And Hula Grimm and Jacob Donnelly and whoever else is a mod here, man. You want to bench somebody? I want to see them fucking benches in the chat. And the bottom two, man. These are the new badges. 36 months. You guys are getting the JD World title belt. And then for 48 months, man, the big one. 48 months. You guys are going to get the Mustang. The Mustang badge, man, for 48 months. Yeah, look at that. I love it, bro. So that is coming. Hopefully, I will have that all on the channel by Sunday. Absolutely incredible, man. My boys over at Deviate Designs, man. The team over at Deviate is incredible, man. I love it. They look great. They look better than the first batch. They really do. 
So what you guys need to do if you want to get involved here and use these emotes and get those badges, you're going to need to become a channel member. You got to hit the join button. You got to become a VIP. You got to join the channel family. And you guys get not only the old emotes, but you're going to get the new emotes. And then you're going to work towards that 48-month badge. Man, that Mustang badge looks fucking beast. I love it. Yeah. So make sure you guys go and do that. Suave wants to get benched just for the emote. Bro, we can, we can make your dreams come true, bro. We can make your dreams come true, bro. So hit that join button, man. Would appreciate it. It all helps out the channel. You guys uh, support the channel tremendously, and that is just one of the many ways to do that. Smackdown tonight, man. We're going to get into the post-show. We're going to get into the review. Decent show tonight. But wanted to come on here early. I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch Rampage tonight. I I know every time I watch Rampage, I feel a little depressed. But one of my guys, my guy buddy, hit me up. He says, "Well, there it is. Andrade apparently is uh, in a loser leaves AEW match with Preston Vance of the Dark Order." I don't know what that means, but I guess we'll find out next week when he goes. One-on-one with number 10 in a loser-leaves-AEW match. If Andrade loses, he leaves AEW. If Preston Vance loses, he loses the mask. I may have to watch next week. Even though I don't really want to. But no Rampage tonight. We're just going to cover SmackDown. If you guys missed any of the other content on the channel, make sure you guys go check that out. I uploaded an extra today. We went over the Bray Wyatt situation. Apparently, uh, there will be a reveal, potentially, at Extreme Rules. Randy Orton, back injury may be more serious than WWE thought. Talked about what's internally being said there about WWE and Randy Orton. Roosh, I didn't cover this earlier, but it is in the news. Roosh is now All Elite. Bandito was offered a contract by AEW. They want Juice Robinson as well. They want everybody. They want everybody, man. So make sure you guys go check out that extra. It's on the homepage right now. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. I need a thousand likes minimum on the post show. I only see 1,300 people in here, man. You guys are clearly not watching wrestling tonight. But I need a thousand likes. No questions asked. Minimum. On the live stream. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash script. 30 days free of their service and one free audiobook of your choice. Sounds like a good deal to me. So make sure you guys go get a free audiobook on the podcast. AudibleTrial.com slash script. Let's start with the Bray Wyatt stuff, man. Start with the Bray Wyatt stuff. Obviously, it's the big, uh, important detail of why everybody is here. Bray Wyatt, I'm going to pull it up in my email because I got all this stuff. And I want to go over from the top what we've learned about Bray Wyatt. And I'm loving everything about this. I think this is fantastic. And kudos to WWE 
for implementing this and this viral campaign into their show. I think it's great. Now, the report that came out yesterday, last night, it was from Fightful, and it was in regards to a potential reveal for the White Rabbit. Apparently, it's going to be at Extreme Rules. I said earlier that I hope it is at Extreme Rules because if WWE continues this like they usually do with something like this for six, seven weeks in a row, people are going, we're, we're, we're only on week two. We're only on week two. I mean, I don't know how much longer this could go on. I think everybody kind of gets the gist of what's going on here and who this is all in reference to. And you honestly see these vignettes and these, these QR codes and these little videos, they're getting shorter and shorter by the week. I mean, today's, today's clue was 15 seconds long. That's all it was. I mean, I, I, WWE cannot keep up this charade for six weeks, seven weeks with all these fucking different clues. I mean, it's Bray Wyatt. We know it's fucking Bray Wyatt. In what way is it Bray Wyatt? And is he coming alone? That's what we need to know. That, that part we don't have an answer to. Is he coming alone? Does he have the Wyndham or the Wyatt six, right? We don't know. So the plan is happening at Extreme Rules, or, or, or the vignettes are all leading to Extreme Rules. Fightful learned that creative has largely been hands-off with the segments. And most everyone we talk to at Fightful backstage aren't sure of the small details that are involved. WWE higher-ups clearly are aware of the plans, Triple H and whoever else is in charge, and how things will work moving forward. Those in the know claim that the Extreme Rules... Pay-per-view was supposed to be the reveal of the White Rabbit. We were not told that the person portraying would be there physically or not, said Sean Rossack. Let's go over the details, man, from the very beginning here. On July 4th, Bray tweeted out asking if anyone knew about Self Arkansas and if anyone local could navigate to the Devil's Hole. Info found was a page on undergroundozarks.com, which is a page form, and the page had an admin by the name of White Rabbit. In the first QR code we see, hit viral on WWE television, the White Rabbit is playing a game of Hangman. I know it has nothing to do with Adam Hangman Page. He's not jumping ship, WWE. First, we see this Hangman game gives a question. Who killed the world? And the white rabbit is jumping on different letters. The first five letters he jumps on spell demon. D-E-M-O-N. Now, this could reference Devil's Hole, which I just mentioned. Or it could be in reference to the fiend, the demon. Question, who killed the world? The answer to the question was, you did. In a July 15th, 2015 uploaded interview conducted by Michael Cole... Michael Cole was interviewing Bray Wyatt, and in in the interview, Bray said, I did not make the world the way it is. You did. The font style in the answer to the question of who killed the world, you did. You did match the font style that was used for Bray Wyatt shirts sold on WWE.com while he was portraying The Fiend. While White Rabbit is played to the live audience for several weeks now, the arena has gone dark with red lighting, like the old fiend entrance people have 
thrown up their cell phones with the fireflies or the cell phones signifying fireflies. Very, very Bray Wyatt-esque. Embrace Twitter bio. It says, he who opens the doors below, matching the rabbit hole that leads down. Bray's Instagram pic has the same checkered pattern as the video from the QR codes that we first saw in the beginning of this viral campaign. It's upside down as it is in the film Alice in Wonderland as Alice Falls. In the poster for Extreme Rules, it shows a lantern surrounded by fireflies. Some graphics for the matches at Extreme Rules have these lanterns and fireflies. Some of the graphics for Extreme Rules do not. Now, I thought that this was all old assets used by WWE. I thought they used old graphics. I honestly thought this can't really be a clue, can it? It's right there in the open for what may happen at Extreme Rules. I thought WWE was using old assets, kind of mocked up a little bit to fit the current scheme of things. I thought they used old graphics from WWE's horror show pay-per-view called Extreme Rules. Now, I was wrong, thankfully, but WWE did have lanterns and fireflies in some of the graphics shown for the Extreme Rules matches that will be taking place next Saturday. In an episode of the Firefly Funhouse back in October of 2020, Bray was dressed as the Mad Hatter while Alexa Bliss wore a black and white checkered dress making a reference to Alice in Wonderland. On the hat, I believe that Wyatt was wearing, it said 1911. I could be wrong on that, but I vividly remember. I seen something floating around on the internet today. Uh, I don't know if that was true. He had the numbers 191911 on his top hat. In the QR code that we saw last week on Friday, it was a rabbit hopping through a door and the word patricide appeared on screen. The word patricide means the killing of one's father. We went over this last week. In an old FCW promo, he speaks of killing his own father. His daddy was on a shrimp boat. It went down in flames, and he was the one on it, the only one on it. His daddy was a good man, but he killed his daddy. Patricide. In the QR code of Raw on 926 this week, it starts in the same way Bray's WrestleMania match started with John Cena during their Firefly Funhouse match. In the same QR code from Raw, it showed a number, 40701. This is the zip code for Corbin, Kentucky. When you Google the zip code, it also shows hotels there, which is the Baymont by Wyndham, like his real name, Wyndham. Now, the Wyndham Hotel is spelled W-Y-N-D-H-A-M. Wyndham's name, Bray's name, is spelled Wind, W-I-N-D, Ham, H-A-M, Wyndham. Also, Corbin, Kentucky was also the location in January of 2020 where The Fiend beat The Miz to defend the Universal Championship. I mentioned that last week as well. There's a YouTube account called White Rabbit Records. There's a White Rabbit Records in Corbin, Kentucky. This YouTube account is 15 years old. On the account, it has the music video of the White Rabbit loaded or uploaded 15 years ago. Yesterday, or this week, I should say, a second video was posted to that account with the number 040062. And the number is the zip code to Wyndham, Maryland. Wyndham is the real name of Bray Wyatt. So White Rabbit Records in Corbin, Kentucky. YouTube account of White Rabbit Records is 15 years old. 
On the account, there's a music video of White Rabbit uploaded 15 years ago. And this week was a second video that was uploaded to that account with the number 04062, which is the zip code for Wyndham, Maryland. Now, all of these clues have led us to tonight. What is the next string of clues for WWE? They gave us a cartoon 15-second vignette. And I didn't really know what it was about, but you could make your own you know, conclusions from this. It showed cartoons of Porky Pig. It showed the big bad wolf dressed in all red. It was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. Code was shown after a carrying cross segment, and it took you to the video of Porky Pig and several other cartoon characters. And there's a white rabbit in the bottom corner of the screen while all of this is happening for the 15 seconds. So then people start to, to decipher what else is going on with the vignette that we saw. And some people online have already come up with situations where they are starting to decipher what the 15 seconds mean. So not only was there a white rabbit in this 15 second in the bottom right corner of the screen, the file name or the source name of this video is TS underscore S10E6. Now, apparently this is in correlation to The Simpsons. Season 10, Episode 6, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane plays in this particular episode of The Simpsons. Season 10, Episode 6. You gotta be a real sly motherfucker to go and make that and put that apart or put that as a part of this clue, this viral campaign for Bright White and the White Rabbit campaign. Season 10, episode 6, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane is in this particular episode of The Simpsons. The file name of White Rabbit's image, there's a phone number. In today's vignette, there was a phone number. The number reads 855-489-5099. And if you dial this phone number, If you dial this phone number, it plays a message backwards. When played in reverse, it says, bravo. This this is going to give me chills. This is going to give me a little... Because if this is leading to where I would love it to to go, I mean, that's going to be fucking crazy. When played in reverse, it says, bravo, echo, Lima, Alpha, India, Romero. Why would it play that? Why would it say those words? I got chills just just saying that. How great would that fucking be? How great would that be? Bravo, Echo, Lima, India, Romero, Alpha. What the fuck are they trying to tell us? I don't know. I am the way into the city of woe. 
I am the way into eternal sorrow. That rounds out the phone message because when you listen to the phone message, it's playing backwards. When deciphered, it says, Bravo, Echo, Lima, Alpha, India, Romero. I am the way into the city of woe. I am the way into eternal sorrow. This is actually a quote. This is actually a quote from Dante Alighieri. And this quote reads, I am the way into the city of woe. I am the way into eternal pain. I am the way to go among the lost. Justice caused my high architect to move. Divine omnipotence created me. The highest wisdom and the primal love. Before me, there was no created things, but those that last forever as I do, abandon all hope, you who enter here. That is the quote from Dante Alighieri that was referenced in this source code in the Bray Wyatt QR code tonight on WWE. That was not the only thing. That was not the only thing that was referenced tonight. We saw this behind Michael Cole tonight. We saw this picture, this guy holding this up right in your face. Revel revel in what you are. This was right in camera view where Michael Cole and Corey Graves were spinning it to the next segment. We had some fucking guy holding up this sign, plain as plain could be. Revel in who, revel in what you are. And then we get Bray. This obviously was correlated back to this. Bray Wyatt tweeted this two years ago. Rob Schamberger is a canvas artist for WWE. Revel in what you are, says Bray Wyatt. Bravo, Rob Schamberger. This is beautiful. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, what we have here is a fucking genius who knows his character better than any fucking writer could possibly comprehend. He has gone back and given you clues that you probably overlooked when you first seen it, and he's bringing it to the fucking story about his becoming once again to WWE TV. 
That fucking shield reference is what really got me. That shit really got me. If you listen to this fucking message, it reads that. Or it says that. Are we headed for Bray Wyatt confrontation with the bloodline? Now, I don't know what the fuck they got planned for war games. I I really don't. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I could see Bray Wyatt coming back and immediately targeting Roman Reigns. I mean, it's a shoe in. It's the one thing that makes the most sense. He's coming back to do what? You're not going to bring this man back to television to form a group and then not, and then not have any vision or plans for him and the group of people that you may or may not want to put him around, put around him. You're not going to have plans or, or not, not going to have any plans for them to be back on television. You're not going to bring somebody like Bray Wyatt back and not have plans for Bray on television. What is he going to do otherwise? After all of this is over and Bray Wyatt's back and everybody gets their fucking rocks off, what's next? Where does he go after all this is over? Is this a glimpse into what we could possibly be seeing as Bray Wyatt makes his way back to WWE television? I sat here and I talked about the bloodline. We got Sami Zayn and we got... Solo Sokoa and the Usos, and we have Roman Reigns, it would make sense for things to kind of materialize with them and play off this Sami Zayn story by putting a Ricochet and a Madcap and a Drew McIntyre and a Kevin Owens and a Braun Strowman in that War Games cage against the Bloodline. It would make the most sense. But after tonight, I don't know what WWE's got planned. It seemed like to me the Survivor Series, traditional Survivor Series matches are still going to be a thing and are going to have some sort of meaning. Meaning as far as storylines that we've seen on television, feuds that are taking place on television kind of culminating at Survivor Series. I don't know what's going to happen with the ricochets of the world and the madcaps of the world and And all this other shit. We could still end up getting that. But from what I gathered tonight, Drew McIntyre aligned himself with Johnny Gargano and aligned himself with Kevin Owens. Who's to say we don't see them aligned with Braun Strowman to take on Alpha Academy and Austin Theory and one other at Survivor Series? I don't know. Maybe, and I don't want to put this out there in the universe, but I'm going to say it anyway. Who's to say that Alpha Academy doesn't enlist Omas to be their big man against Braun Strowman? We could be looking at a four-on-four Survivor Series match. Two of the four guys, two of the five guys, I should say, that I mentioned in this babyface team of Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Johnny Gargano, and Braun Strowman, potentially two of the five would be on the team that I would put against the bloodline. Could we be looking at plans diverted away from what we thought Survivor Series was going to be? The bloodline is going to be in war games. Could we be seeing the Wyatt Six or whoever Bright Wyatt's coming on in here with assemble and go against the bloodline? I have no idea. Wyatt, 
Cross, Loomis, maybe Strowman's involved in some way. Maybe we get Eric Rowan coming back to TV and aligning himself back with Bray Wyatt. Maybe we see Bo Dallas coming back to the WWE and he is in the, 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 the faction of Bray Wyatt. Should have been something that he did back during the Wyatt family. Bo Dallas should have been joined the Wyatt family. Maybe, maybe Baron Corbin is really involved in this. And it's not going to be supernatural like it was with The Fiend. And it's not going to be something that's going to be fucking otherworldly like we saw, cartoonish. Maybe Baron Corbin is involved. And they wanted to throw that out there because it's so ridiculous and it sounds so fucking ridiculous that when you heard it, you wouldn't really believe it. Baron Corbin. I don't know. Maybe we see Wyatt, Cross, Loomis, Corbin, Bo. I don't know. I don't know. Cross made mention that he wants the Universal WWE Heavyweight Championship tonight. This QR code showed up in his fucking vignette. Of all the fucking people to put a QR code in their vignette, you're going to do Karrion Cross. People are already correlating Karrion Cross to the White Rabbit. We saw a wolf. We saw a wolf dressed or covered in red in the vignette tonight, in the QR code. Could that be resembling Baron Corbin? I don't know. I didn't believe it at first, but it could possibly be. Loomis playing Mercy the Buzzard. We get Karrion Cross playing the White Rabbit. And Wyndham, the puppet master in this entire thing. Scarlet playing Abby the Witch. It realistically could be all of the Firefly Funhouse puppets in human form. And this is going to be the group assembled to take down the bloodline. This could be one for the ages. This could be the modern day. This could be the modern day Shield versus Wyatt family that we saw. And you know how tremendous that was. That was one of the best faction versus faction feuds in all of WWE history. So this is all over the place. There's a lot of ins and there's a lot of outs. I don't know what could be, but it's gotten everybody's attention. I got all the clues. I've been, I've been monitoring this thing. I've been scouring social media. I've been seeing what people have been saying. I've been uncovering all the clues as they come in. The IWC's turned into a fucking bunch of sleuths out there, which is great. They do all the work for us. But as far as this entire QR code and viral campaign, if they don't do it at Extreme Rules, I honestly think people are going to be very disappointed. WWE cannot give us six, seven weeks of fucking QR codes. They've been going back and forth now for two weeks on both Raw and SmackDown, and people are already getting antsy. They just want it. How many more clues do we need? How many more clues do we really need for Bray Wyatt? I'm sure he's got a whole fucking boatload of clues, but that doesn't mean people are going to be interested just as much seven weeks from now than they are compared to now. We need to get this out in the open, and we need to get this at Extreme Rules. And then whatever takes place there, maybe we start building towards Survivor Series. Maybe it isn't what I had discussed. 
Maybe it's Wyatt versus Roman at Survivor Series. War Games. Of all things, can you imagine that? That's going to be tremendous if it ends up being the case. Him going after Roman is fucking beautiful. Who was the one that took the title off of him? Who was the one that started all this downfall? You could reference Goldberg. You can go back to Goldberg. Goldberg is the one who really killed him. Then he won the championship back from Strowman. Roman took it off of him because Roman came back and won that triple threat match by basically doing nothing. Then he got embroiled in a feud with Randy Orton, and that's the last we saw of him. But you could really, per storyline, point to him losing the Universal Championship as his ultimate downfall. I hope WWE pays this off. And like I've been saying for months, Wyndham would not go anywhere else. He'd have to start everything all over again. Brand new character, brand new IP. You have to go under his real name. Now he's coming back to WWE. In the midst of all of this, he's at still the height of a popularity that really never, you know, faded away for himself. He's back doing what he was doing. He's been off TV for well over a year. Two years. And this is... This is going to be special if they do it right. And this is why I'm so excited about Triple H leading the Charger. Triple H is so invested in character development. Can you imagine what Triple H is going to allow Bray to do and with his vision as well, allow Bray to do with a collective help of everybody in the back now that works backstage that actually genuinely care about everybody that's in that locker room? Whereas all anybody had to do in the old locker room was get plans by Vince McMahon, and it was an audience of one. Now Wyndham has an entire locker room of people rooting for him, guiding him, helping him, allowing his ideas to fucking grow and flourish instead of ideas being thrown at Vince McMahon and him shooting everything down because he doesn't want his talent to get over on their own. He wants to be the one that gets the talent over, and it needs to be his ideas, not the talent. That was the fucking problem. Triple H is not going to sabotage Wyndham Rotunda. He's not going to sabotage Bray Wyatt and any incarnation of Bray Wyatt because Triple H cares about the fans. Triple H wants the shows ultimately to be the best that they can be, and they need to be the best that they can be, and the only way you get that and get to that point is with a happy roster and a talent that feels like their ideas are going to be listened to and their creativity is going to be paid off. Vince would never allow that. Vince was an audience of one. Triple H is an audience of millions. He's got the WWE Universe in his hand and he wants to genuinely give us, hey, what do you guys want? What can I do to make this show better? Triple H isn't writing for himself. Triple H is writing for us. Vince did not give a shit about that. Vince killed Bray. Vince killed the, the, the Fiend. He killed the character. He killed, he killed not only the Fiend, he killed the Eater of Worlds. He killed that man's passion. He fucking downgraded that man. Bullshit came out about how he was reckless in the back and had an attitude problem and this and that. They gave his character to a fucking a, a female in Alexa Bliss that had nothing to do with anything because Alexa was a fan favorite. Alexa was a, a favor of the, uh, of the locker room. She was favorite of management. She did nothing with that character. 
WWE butchered that fucking shit, gave her a fucking doll that they ended up selling because of the shit gimmick. That's all they cared about. How do we make more money off this fucking cheesy, silly garbage? Then they fucking kill him off in a fucking storyline. They bring him back at WrestleMania. He's supposed to go over Randy. And then they change the entire fucking script and have Randy beat him at WrestleMania and we never see him again. Reports of he gains weight. He's depressed. All while this is going on, nobody realizes how important Brody Lee was to him. Obviously, the man fucking grieved and grieved and grieved and grieved. But meanwhile, while he was grieving, he wanted to fucking go back to work. He couldn't go back to work because Vince was killing his fucking passion. He had nothing. He felt like he had nothing. Imagine. Imagine what Triple H is going to allow this man to do. This is fucking great. Bray, Braun, Corbin, Loomis, Cross, and Champa. The Wyatt Six. You know, we really haven't seen Tommaso Champa on television. It's really starting to get my, my brain going. We haven't seen Corbin on television after he was picked up by JBL. This was what, four weeks ago? Five weeks ago? He was picked up by JBL in a fucking limousine. His signature limousine. Picked him up. Waited to go. Haven't heard a single fucking word from Baron Corbin since then. He was feuding with... I guess that's out the window now because Pat McAfee's not going to be on the show until after college football season. So whatever plan that they had, that went right out the window. I could have seen something happen at Survivor Series with McAfee and Corbin, Ricochet, Corey Graves. I had pitched a whole fucking idea weeks ago. Maybe plans for Corbin have now changed. I could see Loomis involved. I could see Cross involved. I could see Scarlett being involved, right? And it doesn't have to be, you know, this is the part where people are really making it out to be a bigger deal than it is. You don't have to take these names and make them like Bray. You don't need to take these people and make them like Bray at all. You don't need to sit there and say, hey, now we need to make these characters and change these characters, fit the Bray Wyatt image, and they all need to feel and look the same. No, you could, you could keep Bray Wyatt on television, and you could align these men, which I love that. I love that, right? Loomis, Cross, Champa. Corbin, that would be great. That would be fantastic. They don't need to be like Bray. They could all be individualized. They could all sit there and be their own person. That's what, that's what they could be. They don't need to be like Bray. Cross could be carrying Cross. Dexter Loomis could be Dexter Loomis. Baron Corbin can be Lone Wolf. Baron Corbin. Slight gimmick change there. Have him go back to doing what he's got to do. Right? New age Corbin. He's not going to have the fucking stringy, greasy hair going bald. Give him his old gimmick back and make it a little bit more 2022. Champa, right? Champa, I believe, is involved with Dexter Loomis anyway, so why not pair them together? Why not? We haven't seen Champa on television. Where the fuck did he go? He just disappeared. He just vanished. Dexter Loomis has not given us any ideas about why he's attacking the Miz. Clearly, it's got something to do but something, there's no answers. Six weeks now, we haven't got one fucking nugget of an answer. It's got something to do potentially with this. 
Cross mentioned the Universal Championship tonight. Of all things, of all things, you're mentioning the Universal Championship. It's going to get, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy. And all of these men, at one point or another, have something to do with Bray, have something to do with the history of Bray, have something to do with Roman. There's a reason why they put that shit in the goddamn fucking phone message tonight. Bravo, Echo, Lima, Alpha, India, Romero. It's quite the choice of words you got there. Words that are synonymous with one of the best and greatest stables in the history of the company. In their theme music. It's going to be crazy, man. I'm very much looking forward to it. Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is shaping up to be one of the best wrestling shows of the year just by the card alone on paper. Just by the card alone. I'm very much excited for Saturday night, and it's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. It's going to be crazy, man. We'll be covering it all, and we're going to go over this, and we'll continue to uncover the clues and, and go over all this. It's crazy. SmackDown. SmackDown was a little shorthanded tonight because of Hurricane Ian. There was a lot of travel issues. There was a lot of, you know, what's going to happen here. They were very short-staffed. We've seen a lot of Monday Night Raw talent on Friday Night SmackDown. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, Hurricane Ian really did the same thing to Tony Khan and AEW Dynamite. They had plans over on Dynamite that really need to, that needed to be rerouted and changed. There was a report that came out today where it was supposed to be Wardlow and Samoa Joe starting a new storyline against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. So that got changed because, you know, they were shorthanded because of the the hurricane and there was no flights out of Florida and, and flights have been canceled days before the hurricane. So it's crazy. But WWE was shorthanded like AEW was and they did put on a solid show which I was, uh, I was quite entertained by. So we got Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa against Ricochet and Madcap Moss. Like I said, you know, Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa with the bloodline, you could see who they are feuding with on television. This is why now, you know, it is very, a lot of people are like, oh, Bray, Bray, it's very predictable, right? But we don't know what the fuck Bray is going to do upon coming in, and we don't know who he's going to be with, if he's going to be with anybody, who he's going to be feuding with. I had this entire war game situation already mapped out in my head, and now we could be, be potentially looking at something completely different. Madcap and Ricochet factored into my original war games situation. We even got Ricochet versus Solo Sokoa next week in a one-on-one match. That plan may still be the plan, but I have no idea at this point. I'm a little, I'm a little taken back by this Bray Wyatt information that got leaked tonight. This was a fun opener. Uh, I'm loving Sami Zayn right now. It's probably the most entertaining. I have always loved Sami Zayn. He's probably the most entertaining thing on WWE television next to Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw. Solo and his presentation has been great upon getting called up to the main roster. Uh, He was great in NXT. He was big in NXT, very over in NXT, but he fits like a fucking glove here. And the more I see him on the main roster, the, the, the more the decision is made. You know, uh, it's the right decision for Solo to, to, to join the Usos and Roman. It was something he did not want to do because he wanted to stand out on his own. 
But it almost feels like even though he's in the bloodline, he's still given an identity of his own to go out there on his own, being paired with Sami Zayn, allowed, uh, you know, allowing him to be the street fighter or, or the, the street champ is what they call him. He's not like Roman. He's not like the Usos. He's allowed to be himself. And I very much appreciate that. I'm sure he does as well. So they did and have done a great job at putting Solo in the bloodline while also making him feel like he's on his own. Fans love Sami Zayn, and they broke into a big Sami chant within seconds. Ricochet had an early advantage with a standing dropkick on Sami. Moss continued to beat down Zayn. Zayn recovered and tagged in Sokoa to a big pop. The heels were briefly in control. Fans broke into another Sami chant, big time over, obviously in Canada. Moss then took Sami Zayn and dumped Zayn and Sokoa out of the ring. Moss then assisted Ricochet with his dive out to the floor, kind of launching him over the top onto both Zayn and Sokoa. Sokoa now was in control moments later. He got a big nerve hold on Ricochet. Ricochet tried to make a babyface comeback, but Sokoa hit a beautiful Samoan drop for a near fall. Followed up with a big leg drop. Ricochet started to fire back. Missile drop kick. This was off the middle turnbuckle. Moss makes the hot tag to Ricochet, who tags out. Zayn tagged in at the same time. So fans booed Madcap. When Sami Zayn got in there and he started throwing Sami Zayn around, they actually booed Madcap. Moss ran wild on Zayn, and fans continued to boo him. Sokoa grabbed a chair on the outside, and he wanted to get in there and get involved with the steel chair. Ricochet cut Sokoa off, and Moss knocked him off the ring apron. Zayn rolled up Moss for a near fall. He then hit a beautiful blue thunder bomb. I should, I should start a petition for Sami Zayn to make the blue thunder bomb his finish, man. Every time he hits it, it's fucking perfect, and he never wins with it. I've always said for years, Sami should reverse the moves. It should be the Huluva kick as a setup and the blue thunder bomb as his finish. So he gets a blue thunder bomb for a two count. Zayn hit a flying crossbody off the top. Moss rolled through. Ricochet ran wild and went for a suicide dive on Sokoa. Instead, Sokoa threw the chair that he grabbed earlier at Ricochet once he attempted the suicide dive, nailed him in the head with it. He then tossed him into the timekeeper's area, which looked brutal. We got the finish, and it came when Sokoa made a blind tag after hitting the spinning solo on Madcap Moss for the win. This was a very fun match. Zayn trash-talked Moss after the match. Moss grabbed Zayn by the neck. Sokoa made the save, gave him a beat down in the corner, gave him two big Uso splashes in the corner, and that was pretty much it. This was fun. This was fun. Uh, Moss and Ricochet, if there is a team to go up against the bloodline at Survivor Series, it may actually end up being Ricochet and Madcap Moss being a part of that team. So we will see how all of this transpires. We have, it, it is October 1st now. We're going into October. So we got uh, a good two months, month and a half before Survivor Series. Anything can really change. And we will take it from Extreme Rules step by step. Extreme Rules is going to be a very big show in determining what happens next on WWE TV. I do think that this is a huge turning point for the company. You know, a lot of people thought SummerSlam was going to be a huge turning point. A lot of people thought Clash of the Castle was going to be a big turning point. 
of all the shows, Extreme Rules may look to be the biggest turning point in the Triple H, Paul Levesque administration. Going into Survivor Series, this is where things start to heat up. Once you get into Survivor Series and you come out of Survivor Series, then you're automatically starting to plan for the Royal Rumble. This is where things really start to take shape for the WrestleMania season that's coming up. It's always been like that. They abandoned that. Under Vince McMahon, you know, Vince McMahon never really started to build Royal Rumble season until maybe two weeks before the Royal Rumble. Or WrestleMania season, two weeks before the Royal Rumble. Can't do that. Doesn't give the fans a sense of importance. There's one thing I hope that changes. Triple H, he's already doing it now. We're already seeing teases for Survivor Series, and we got, what, a month and a half to go. If I'm Triple H, if I know anything about what Triple H has done just by watching him book these shows and how he processes things, he's going to start getting Royal Rumble season ready as soon as Survivor Series is over. You know what's coming, and it should be that. I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that shit excites me, man. Giving importance to the Royal Rumble match. Triple H has been in a Rumble himself here and there. He knows how fucking important those matches are. He knows how important the, the luck of the draw is and drawing number one and drawing number 30. He knows that the fans' criticisms of the Royal Rumble have been fucking very outspoken the last few years. It's going to be very interesting to see how he changes that. Anyway, we'll talk about that at a later date, man. That's a whole new fucking bag of worms. I love it. But that's how excited we are. That's how excited we are as a fan base, man. We're already talking about, I can't wait to see what that man does during a Royal Rumble, during a WrestleMania season. It's going to be unlike anything we've seen in a very long time. This WrestleMania may end up being one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time because Triple H is in charge. Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa walked towards the Bloodline locker room. This was after the match was over. Jay Uso opened the door, and he let his brother, Solo, enter. So, Sammy told Solo he looked amazing, and Reigns probably watched all of that. He says he was going to text him. He opened the door. Like I said, Jay Uso comes out. He glared at Sammy. Sammy asked what he was doing in there. Jay told him not to worry about why he's there. He says he was there to make sure his little brother was good. Sammy says he's more than good and asked if he just watched the match. Solo walked into the locker room. Jay says he sees right through Sammy. He says he's got everybody fooled, but if he even thinks of putting the family in jeopardy, he will personally take him out. Sammy said maybe he should take it up with Roman. He pointed to his honorary Oost t-shirt, and he says he'd like to get in our locker room. You know... At the end of all of this, during this entire storyline, a lot of people were big on Sami Zayn, right? Even before all this honorary Ushia, a lot of people were big on Sami Zayn being affiliated with the bloodline. A lot of people loved Roman's demeanor last week when he gave Sami Zayn the honorary Ush t-shirt, right? If there is an MVP... And I honestly think this is the greatest storyline in WWE right now. This is the best storyline in WWE right now. This is probably the best storyline that we've seen in over a decade in WWE. I love everything about this storyline. 
Roman kind of no-selling it and then kind of warming up to Sammy on his own. Solo being the new kid there, and he has automatically taken to Sammy. Jimmy Uso loves Sammy. He's laughing and smiling every time Sammy's dancing or says something stupid. He doesn't take Sammy to be too serious, right? Jay is the only one who seems to have a problem with it. Jay is the MVP of this storyline. Because you, you, you could see where this is going. I don't know if it's that he sees right through Sammy. I don't know if he knows something that the rest of the guys don't know. I don't know if it's jealousy. Why is Sammy Zayn getting all the attention? Why is he taking the shit away from us? Why is he taking the spotlight away from us? We're the bloodline. We are the Oos. The Oos is here. We are the tag team champions. Roman is the world champion. Yet Sammy Zayn is the most over guy in the fucking group. He is the most popular guy in all WWE right now. Everybody loves Sammy. Everybody's fucking Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Jay Uso could be jealous. I don't know. But when this storyline reaches that point and Jay Uso is still there fucking frothing at the mouth like a fucking wild pit bull, this guy is going to be the fucking first guy to go out there and make Sammy's life a living hell. He is going to fucking tear this guy apart. And it's going to be great. It's actually going to get Sami Zayn even more over than he already is. And it's going to vilify the Usos to a point where, I, you know, right now they're getting indifferent. They're, they're getting mixed reactions. I wouldn't say indifference. It's mixed reactions. You know, they're not heel. They're not babyface. Everybody loves them. Everybody respects them for who they are. They are going to be absolutely one-sided when they beat the shit out of Sami Zayn. And there's no turning back. The crowd is going to be out for their blood. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are going to be out for their blood. And it's going to be something. Something. Does Jay think Sami Zayn's infiltrating the bloodline? Does Sami think he... Does Jay think Sami wants to take the bloodline out from within? I don't know. I don't know what it could be. But this is grade A storytelling. Man. I love it. It's something I look forward to every single week. It's going to be great. And I think if they are in war games... That's where it's all going to go down, in war games. Sammy's going to do something. He's going to be put to the test. He's either not going to do it or just flat out fail. And then the following Friday, that's when shit is going to be the end of it all for Sammy Zayn. We've seen this video package on Karrion Cross. Cross talked about Drew McIntyre as the type of guy you have to send to the hospital to be sure he stays down. I guess that's the one compliment from Karrion Cross to Drew McIntyre. He said, unfortunately for Drew, that is his specialty. He said, at Extreme Rules, he's taking him to a point of no return. He says, they both want the same thing, but only one of them can have it. He said, they're bound together by suffering. He said, when he's done with Drew, he will go on to become the undisputed WWE heavyweight champion. He said once the leather is strapped to Drew's wrist, he will drag him to hell until he feels like he's had enough, but then he'll leave him there to burn away forever. TikTok. That was the best cross segment so far since he's returned to WWE. He looks great. Scarlett looks great. Their presentation has been perfect. Triple H has absolutely showed you where his priorities are. He wants to make you forget about everything that Vince and Bruce did to kill Karrion Cross. 
Triple H's presentation of Karrion Cross in visual, in how he cuts a promo, in how he is being directed to cut a promo, never in the ring. It's always in a scenic background or in the back somewhere or in black and white, very cryptic. The presentation of Karrion Cross and the booking of Karrion Cross so far has been fucking great. He hasn't wrestled one match yet. The one match he's going to wrestle, the first match he's going to wrestle in his time back in this administration is going to be at Extreme Rules. He hasn't wrestled since he's gotten here again, and that's great because it shows you how important he is. It shows you what Triple H thinks of Karrion Cross. You know, I, I'm not really, I'm not for guys wrestling once every two months, but you could look at the pros and cons to that. Cross not wrestling until Extreme Rules after already being here for two months now kind of makes him seem like a big deal, right? Kind of makes him seem like, hey, this guy, this guy is fucking uber important. But hopefully we see a little bit more from him if he definitely is involved with Wyatt you know, I honestly think it could be a good thing for Karrion Cross. It's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a very interesting thing at Extreme Rules. You know, Cross is great. We've seen him nail most of the shit he's been in. But Cross, he was always criticized for being, and, and I don't even want to say it because I, I don't think this way of him. A lot of people thought he was boring. A lot of people thought he was very boring and generic in the ring. Now, Drew McIntyre is great, and he should be able to alleviate that. But if Cross is going to continue doing what he's doing here and then gives off the same impression that he gave when he was in NXT, I don't know if the fans are going to really take to that with Cross, no matter how good he is. It may, at the end of the day, be that he needs somebody to surround himself with and somebody that's going to be that presence to take him to that next level and have him feel even more important than he already does, that may be Wyndham's job. Uh, He wrestled Gulak. I'm sorry. I mean, it's a squash match. I mean, it it ended in what? 30 seconds? I don't even consider that a match. Does it really count? That's not, that's, that, that doesn't count to me. A full-fledged match with Drew McIntyre is going to be his first match. That doesn't, that doesn't really matter. No, I'm not going to... Who the fuck remembers that? Really? It may be something that he needs just an extra push up. Wyndham may be able to give him that. So we'll see what happens there. I thought this was a great video package. Probably the best presentation of Karrion Cross so far. Kayla Braxton. She interviewed Austin Theory backstage. He talked about Brock Lesnar and Tyson Fury ruining his cash-ins. He says he wants to become a champion because anything else is pathetic. As he went on about Drew losing at Clash of the Castle, Drew turned the corner and stood behind him. Theory said Drew is physically talented, but not so smart. He called him an idiot who got himself into a strap match with Cross. Drew put his hands on Theory's shoulder, turned him around and said, you, me, in the ring, now. Austin Theory didn't look too fucking pleased. He actually looked a little scared that Drew McIntyre was even standing there and then ordered him to the ring. Drew McIntyre versus Austin Theory. 
This was three minutes. This was pretty much a precursor to what came after. So, Drew McIntyre's out there. Austin Theory came out, and he was led to the ring by Otis and Gable. He had backup. While Theory had backup, McIntyre was by himself. Theory snapped Drew's neck over the top rope. Drew leaned over to grab at him. And Drew came back with a Future Shock DDT. He did his signature kip-up, and he went for the Claymore kick. Gable stood on the ring apron. Drew threw him into the ring. Otis then grabbed Drew's legs, yanked him out to the floor. Alpha Academy causes a DQ here, and McIntyre wins by DQ. Like I said, this was a precursor. These guys already had wrestled twice before. So, no need to see it a third time. Afterwards, we got Theory, Otis, and Gable attacking Drew. Johnny Gargano made the save, but was soon overwhelmed. Out comes Kevin Owens to even the odds and cleared the ring of the heels with the help of Johnny Gargano and Drew McIntyre. Johnny Gargano looked to be, uh, he was in street clothes. He didn't look to be, he was in street clothes. Uh, McIntyre was in wrestling gear. Owens was in wrestling gear. I figured that we wait on this six-person tag team match because I'm assuming this is where it was going to be. I actually thought that we were going to get, being that we got the DQ in three minutes, I thought we were going to get a Vince McMahon special here. One-on-one match, commercial break, six-man tag after the commercial break. We didn't get that. So change. We didn't get that. We got it at the end of the show. Because Johnny Gargano came out in street clothes. Vince would have absolutely had Johnny Gargano wrestle in street clothes. That was one of his things. He, had, he loved people wrestling in fucking street clothes. How many times did he had MVP wrestling goddamn fucking suits? It's ridiculous. So we got these three guys against Theory and Alpha Academy. We got this in the main event for tonight's SmackDown. So Johnny Gargano did have time to go backstage and get changed and put ring gear on. Wow. Amazing. Backstage. Masse and Mansoir. The maximum male models with Maxine Dupree. They were in a hallway. This is, you look at this and I just get Bruce Prichard vibes. This needs to be killed off immediately. I hope this is the case. So Masse said they let him down last week. Mansoir, Max comes over by the way. Max Dupree's walking over. Masai said they let him down last week. Mansoir said they'll make him proud when they bring home the title. So Max got excited. Don't tell me you guys got a match with the Usos now for the tag team titles. Maxine said, uh, no. But we will break the Canadian record for the longest pose of all time. Maxine said, uh, longest pose of all time, Mason Mansois, or Marseille, I should say. I apologize for all the, the fucking fashion buffs. That Marseille and Mansois, they struck this fucking ridiculous pose. Max shook his head, couldn't believe what was going on. Hit Row walked up, scared them, and ruined their fucking fashion pose. They laughed. And then Top Dollar says, Who's, whose mans are these? Get them out of here. Laughing at him. Marseille and Mansois 
Uh, they went back to their pose, and Maxine started yelling at them to focus. Max Dupree is finished, folks. Max Dupree is finished. We are getting L.A. Knight back in WWE. This is the best thing going for L.A. Knight. This absolutely needs to take place. Um, I think Triple H knew it. I know uh, L.A. Knight himself knew it. This, he even said it tonight. This, this shit is not for me. He took off his belt. He threw it at them and left the, the whole backstage segment and did, yeah, and walked away. L.A. Knight's coming to SmackDown, folks. L.A. Knight's coming to SmackDown, and Mansoir and Marseille, they need to get the fuck out of it. This gimmick, the whole fucking group needs to be dropped. I don't know what you do, but it needs to be dropped. I'm taking Maxine. I'm putting her with Los Lotharios, and I'm having her manage Los Lotharios. A beautiful blonde with Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. That's something that could get over. She could get in there and get frisky. She could fucking be what Selena Vega was to Andrade. Let's do it. Marseille and Mansois, get them back to what they were and start building either that or new gimmicks for them. One or the other. This shit's got to go. The Maximum Male Models is a fucking fail. I look at it and I see nothing but Vince and Bruce. Shotzi. She was backstage. She said last week, Bailey and her cronies showed who they were last week. She said she'll stick her nose and boots wherever she wants. She said everyone will find out how much control Bailey has when she rolls to the ring and stomps all over her. You know, there's a, uh, a, a news report from Fightful saying that WWE flew in Shotzi's tank now three weeks in a row because they're planning on turning her back to the baby face that she was in NXT. I hope so. I certainly hope so. Moving on, man. Hit row. They were with B-Fab against Los Lotharios. Two minutes. This was uh, not really all that good. I mean, I don't know what you could do in two minutes, but hit row. They get the win. Los Lotharios isolated Ashante for a little bit. Top Dollar got the hot tag. He tossed Humberto around the ring, hit a big elbow for a near fall. He then gave Los Lotharios his signature double slam. He picked up both guys and slammed both of them down. Hit row hit there, finished the heavy hitter for the one, two, three, which is basically Top Dollar holding one of them up in a suplex and then Ashante kicking their head as Top Dollar drives them down in said suplex. And that was pretty much it. One, two, three, and Hit Row get the victory over Los Lotharios. We are at a point with Hit Row. I don't know how you guys feel about Hit Row. I'm going to say this about Hit Row, like I said, damage control. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's working out. I, I don't know if it's working out with Hit Row. Same thing with damage control. Seems like the fans are very indifferent. I don't know what it is with Hit Row. It's different with Hit Row than it is with damage control. Whereas damage control, to me, 
they don't really gel together. Bailey doesn't gel with EO, and EO doesn't gel with Bailey, and EO doesn't gel with Dakota, and Dakota doesn't gel with everybody else. I mean, it's just the dynamic there is way off. You got three uber talented fucking women there, and they're not really getting the type of reaction that you you would expect with Bailey leading the group. But I'm assuming that you know whatever they have planned, hopefully it does build them up. And we get a little bit more excitement as far as damage control is concerned. There's something seems to be missing there. And I mentioned this, and I'm not really sure what it is, but damage control is certainly missing something else. You know, a lot of people say, oh, it's just getting started. It's, uh, you know, give it time. They've been together since the Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam. By my estimation, it's already October 1st. If you haven't developed chemistry together, then... Whose fault is it? You've been given fucking segments and main event segments weekly, and you still haven't gotten over. Plus, on top of that, they won the tag team championships after they should have won the tag team championships in the tournament. That was mistake number one. They ended up winning the championships two weeks after they lost the tournament. And as champions, both EO and Dakota have lost 90-second matches. Not really a good look for set champions. Now, Dakota lost a 90-second match. EO went about 15 minutes with Bianca, and she still lost. Not a good look. Not a good look. Why aren't they over? Man, it's difficult to pinpoint that one. They're not over. Hit Row, you know, where damage control doesn't have chemistry, Hit Row has chemistry. They all know each other. They're all good friends outside of this thing together. But I don't think that hit row is over because most of what they do, you know, a a, a crowd like Canada, Edmonton, Alberta, is not going to really gravitate to a group like hit row. They don't really understand hit row. A lot of people don't find excitement in hit row because, you know, they feel like just middle of the road characters. Whereas Swerve Strickland now has become a megastar and was a big-time star coming out of NXT and would have been a big-time star in WWE. He got released. He went over to AEW. His stock has now risen. They don't have that type of guy leading Hit Row. This is why I feel they need a leader. Top Dollar and Ashanti Adonis with B-Fab are not going to get to the point where They should be, and maybe they think that they should be, without a true leader. Right now, they're just there. Right now, they just exist. They're another tag team in WWE. They need a mouthpiece. They need a leader. They need somebody that's going to be the focus so that focus is worked on and it kind of gravitates to all three of them. You need somebody like that to help advance the other supporting characters. They don't have that. They don't. Damage Control has that, but the thing, like I said, is they don't have any chemistry together, but they got the leadership in Bailey. But they don't have any chemistry together. They don't have any, they, they, their personalities don't gel. Hit Row does, but they don't have a leader. They need somebody like a Bailey. They need a mouthpiece, whether that is MVP whether that is Carmelo Hayes when he gets called up. I don't know. I don't know. But they need something. Right now, they don't have it to take it to the next level. 
We go to Kayla Braxton in the back. She's interviewing Ronda Rousey backstage. And she asked about Extreme Rules. Asked how Extreme Live got last week. Ronda said holding a kendo stick doesn't make her hardcore. Ronda said she's already the most dangerous woman on the planet. Imagine me if I was holding a baseball bat. She ain't wrong. She ain't wrong. Natalia versus Ronda Rousey. Three minutes. Ronda Rousey got a win with an ankle lock. Really, really nothing of, of note here. This was all about the post-match. Natalia was just thrown out there to get a victory for Ronda and get her some momentum going into the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. You know, Ronda, you know, it doesn't really make her seem like a big star when... She wasn't even advertised for this show, and she was just thrown in there as basically filler on SmackDown. Kind of telling that they didn't advertise Ronda Rousey wrestling on SmackDown, and they really didn't make it into a bigger deal. I don't know. My opinion stands from earlier in the year, man. The Ronda Rousey experiment back in WWE for this second time is a complete fail. She's done nothing to enhance the division. She's done nothing to enhance the show. Nobody's watching the show because of Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey only came back for one reason and one reason only, and that is to get the match with Becky Lynch out of the way, and then she could go bye-bye. That's it. She's done nothing in this second stint in WWE. It is a complete failure. Rousey was heading to the back after she made Natalia tap out. Liv Morgan, her theme music went off. She sauntered out to the aisleway with the title around her shoulder and dragging a baseball bat pretending to be Negan from The Walking Dead. Too bad Ronda Rousey doesn't look like Negan. Thank God she doesn't, but she's not as vicious as Negan, and she got her fucking ass kicked. Basically, got her ass kicked tonight. Rousey blocked Liv Morgan's swing. The bat at her kicked her down. Liv took the bat and jabbed Ronda in the stomach with it. Liv swung the bat at Rousey, but Rousey ducked, and the bat hit the ring post which Michael Cole said was an Aaron Judge-like swing. Yeah. Now, Liv Morgan is not swinging a baseball bat like Aaron Judge. I don't give a shit how much you are a fan of Liv Morgan. Rousey gave Liv her Piper's Pit on the concrete. Rousey reached for the bat. Liv stopped her. They had a tug of war. Rousey tossed Liv over the barricade, which looked fucking brutal. This was in the timekeeper's area. Security stepped in and escorted Rousey away. She looked like she was going to hit the security guards. She did not. Liv, all of a sudden, emerges from the timekeeper's area, tackles Ronda Rousey from behind. Security tried to pull them apart as this brawl was getting serious, and they needed to get it under control. My opinion stands. I think Ronda Rousey wins the championship, and I honestly think that Shayna Baszler aids Ronda Rousey, being that it's no DQ on Saturday. Next Saturday, I think Liv Morgan's days as champion are over. I think the Liv Morgan experiment as champion has failed. She hasn't done anything to make that title better. I don't think the championship has enhanced Liv. I don't think Liv has done anything to elevate the championship. We are sitting right now with a champion that has not done jack shit with the championship, and I would love for people to combat me or, you know, defend this terrible creative 
and tell me what exactly Liv Morgan has done with the championship. Now, I'm not saying Ronda Rousey is going to do anything with the championship because let's be real, Ronda sucks just as bad as Liv Morgan does. Ronda's done nothing. Her experiment and her being back is just as big of a failure, if not bigger of a failure than Liv Morgan is. You got two women feuding over the championship that are completely ice cold. But who do you think WWE is going to give the title to as we get closer and closer and closer to WrestleMania? When Becky Lynch comes back, Becky's more than likely going to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Ronda for the championship. Ronda's going to go back and be that heel that she needed to be against Becky's babyface. But I don't understand why anybody thinks Liv Morgan is doing justice to the women's championship. She's not. The SmackDown women's division has been a complete failure since the start of the year. They've done nothing to better this division. Nothing. It's sorely missed Sasha Banks and Naomi. And I don't even think they and them coming back are going to aid and fix whatever we need to do here. The women's division in both, uh, on both shows in WWE, they just feel flat. Bianca hasn't been a good champion. Her babyface stick has really kind of run its course, and we got Liv Morgan, who's not doing anything with the titles on Friday night. Not saying Ronda's going to be a better champion than Liv, but, I mean, at least Ronda has name value and notoriety where Liv Morgan does not. I don't know what they're going to do with Liv Morgan as champion even after this is over. Who does she have that that she's going to feud over the title with? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Liv Morgan's not putting asses in seats. Liv Morgan's not going to generate interest for big-time matches. Nobody's watching this show for Liv Morgan. Just take it off of her and end the experiment. It bombed. I'm sorry. Johnny Gargano and Drew McIntyre were chatting backstage next to Kevin Owens. Drew made a comment to Gargano about the company he keeps. KO asked if he was talking about him. Drew says they don't always see eye-to-eye, but they can both agree Theory desperately needs to get his ass kicked. Gargano says they're on the same page. Chaos said, sure, but it wasn't a convincing, sure. The camera followed KO as he left Drew McIntyre and Johnny Gargano to talk. Camera followed KO. He passed Mansoir and Marseille, still frozen in their pose. Ridiculous. KO gave them a suggestion, and then he moves on. He sees Sami Zayn sitting by himself in the back. Sammy stood up. He smiled at KO. KO smiled back. He laughed a little bit under his breath. He looked at Sammy and he said, buddy, I think you need a new shirt. Sammy looked at him, smiled as he walked away. He didn't really react. But they don't put anything on the show if it's not going to be used for future reference. Kevin Owens says, buddy, you need a new shirt. This is obviously going to become something in the future when the time is right. And there's a reason why they had Kevin Owens on the show tonight because of, you know, creative problems that arose with Hurricane Ian and they didn't have a full roster. But being that Kevin Owens is on the show, they put him in a segment with Sami Zayn and they gave him something to tell to Sami Zayn that would be used for future reference. In this storyline, when Sami inevitably gets kicked out of the bloodline. It's great. Even more uh, fuel to the fire that will be burning very soon. Imperium. 
This probably was the best thing on the show, in my honest opinion. Imperium made their entrance. We got the season premiere of SmackDown next week. Gunther versus Sheamus for the Intercontinental Championship. Ludwig Kaiser's in the ring with Giovanni Vinci and Gunther. He's got a microphone. Kaiser says the brawling brutes are offensive to them. Gunther said next week he'll beat Sheamus and grind him down for the final time and break his spirit once and for all. Giovanni Vinci claimed that this is a champion. Imperium and what they stand for is everything in the world of pro wrestling. This mat is sacred when it comes to Imperium. They treat the mat and this business and this industry with respect. So Sheamus comes out all by himself. I guess Rich Holland and Pete Dunn, Butch, are stuck in Florida. They were not able to make the trip to Canada. So he's out there by himself. He ended up being there three on one. He says they know that he'd be more than happy to kick all three of their asses in tonight. So he made his way past Vinci. They started brawling. He made his way past Vinci and Kaiser. He had a shillelagh in his hand, took them out with the shillelagh. He got in the ring and stared Gunther face-to-face. He pounded his chest. He set up a bro kick. So they start brawling. We get the bro kick attempt. All of a sudden, before Sheamus hit the bro kick, Vinci and Kaiser grabbed his boots from underneath the bottom rope. Gunther then attacked him in the corner, and he started chopping his chest one after the other after the other. Gave him a big boot in the corner. He picked up the Intercontinental title belt, shoved it in Sheamus' face, started throwing more chops, took him out of the corner, delivered a powerbomb. So at the end of all this, they start walking away. They left him in the ring beaten and red. Did Imperium. Sheamus is crawling over, picks up the microphone that Ludwig Kaiser had earlier in the promo. He starts crawling around with the microphone. He gets on the microphone He says, is that all you got, Gunther? So Gunther turns around. Vinci and Kaiser charged back into the ring and went in on with stomps against Sheamus. Gunther then bashed Sheamus in the head with the shillelagh, completely knocking him out. This match is going to be tremendous. Tremendous next week. I can't wait to see this match. It's going to be fucking awesome. Now, a lot of people, you know, if you look at pro wrestling one-on-one here, With the way that Gunther left Sheamus laying in the ring, it would probably look to you as Sheamus is probably going to get the one-up on Gunther next week and win the Intercontinental title. I I, I don't think that's the right move. I do not think that is the right move. I don't know how Triple H is going to maneuver this, but taking the title off of Gunther right now is not the right move. I don't know how Gunther wins clean again. I don't, unless they have something very similar, if not more brutal, on Friday night next week that is going to be better than what they did at Clash of the Castle, and Sheamus comes out of this shit looking bulletproof. I I have no idea what they plan to do. I don't want to see Sheamus take another clean loss, but if it's something where it is like fucking World War III in there, I I can't see how anybody looks at that as, oh my God, Sheamus is a loser. Maybe that's what they're banking on. I know I wouldn't look at Sheamus as a loser if he went into a fucking match with Gunther and they gave us a better match than what they did at Clash of the Castle. 
But the outcome here, I don't know how they get there. I don't give a fuck how they get there. How they get there is up to them. All I know is Gunther should not lose the Intercontinental Championship. You know, so many times, and no DQ. No count out, no DQ. We got the no DQs the following night in the Donnybrook match. They just announced the Brawling Brutes versus Imperium in a good old-fashioned Donnybrook six-man tag tornado match or no DQ match. There's no rules out of Dream Rules. So they added that match to the card. So I'm looking forward to that just as much as I'm looking forward to the match next week against Sheamus and Gunther one-on-one. Gunther cannot lose the Intercontinental title. You know, they talk about, they talk about moments. They talk about making moments. Triple H said this is a, a, WWE is about making moments. It's an industry of moments. Next week, season premiere on SmackDown is not a moment. I don't give a shit what you want to call season premiere, fucking whatever. It's not a moment on a SmackDown. You're going to save this moment for a big show. You're going to save this moment for a WrestleMania. Now, I may be stretching it a bit. I don't know if they could really take all of this and kind of drag it out to WrestleMania. But Gunther dropping the title to Sheamus, the one title he's never won at WrestleMania, beating Gunther, the unstoppable Gunther, which nobody's been able to do. Sheamus being the one guy to give Gunther his first loss on the main roster. He's a believable guy. It's not like, it's fucking Madcap Moss or, or Drew Gulak or somebody like that. It's Sheamus. So not only is he playing the legit believable role, he can beat Gunther, we know that, but beating him for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania and him winning his first Intercontinental championship, this is the only championship he's never won in the company. He's already a Hall of Famer. To put that, as the cherry on top of the cake and have it happen at WrestleMania, I mean, what better moment than that? That's what you work for. That's what you work towards. So doing it before a WrestleMania, to me, is criminal. It sounds insane. You don't do that. You know, this is the same thing. This is the same thing I said about Bobby Lashley. This is the same thing I said about Bobby Lashley and Big E. WWE cashed in that fucking Money in the Bank contract on Big E with Big E taking out Bobby Lashley on a random Monday Night Raw at the start of last season's football season for Monday Night Football in fucking Boston. They gave him the title on a nothing show that drew a 1.5 rating. Really? Of all the moments that you could have gave Big E, you gave him that moment, a moment for him to win his first WWE championship, a moment that he'll never be able to duplicate and get back, you gave it to him in Boston. That didn't sit well with me. I claimed it sucked, and WWE jumped the gun. Why didn't you do it at SummerSlam? He had a ready-made feud with Big E at SummerSlam with Bobby Lashley. Took out the rest of the fucking New Day. All Bobby Lashley had to do was, I'm cashing in. I'm cashing in, and I'm going to get revenge on you for what you did to my guys. Right there. No, instead, they needed to book Bobby Lashley and fucking Goldberg at SummerSlam, which ended up being a complete waste of time. You'd rather go with Goldberg than making a moment for Big E, which probably would have went over bigger than what Goldberg did with Bobby Lashley. 
oh, but they needed to sell that show. The show was already sold out. WWE sold the show out just based on John Cena. Actually, the show was already sold out before they announced John Cena and Roman Reigns. They sold it out before a match was even announced. So please tell me again, why didn't they do Big E justice? They should have did it at SummerSlam, not on Monday Night Raw. I got called a racist. I got called this. I got called that. I'm sorry you people don't understand fucking logic. I'm sorry you don't understand what a moment is, what's a good moment, what's a bad moment. Big E should have won the title at SummerSlam, and if not, wait till WrestleMania. Same thing with Sheamus. I'm going to do the same thing and say the same thing for Sheamus. This feud, no matter what you got to do, get it to WrestleMania. Get it there. If they got to take a little bit of a break and then revisit it again, tie it in somehow, have them go feud with somebody else in the interim and then revisit it again, have Sheamus work from behind and battle back for the Intercontinental title, do it. Moments. A moment's not going to happen on the season premiere of SmackDown next week. A moment is at WrestleMania. First time ever at WrestleMania. Bailey, she goes one-on-one with Shotzi Blackheart. She drove her tank to the ring. Tank is back. It's been in the arena for three weeks now. Shotzi is back driving the tank in the entrance or the introduction for her matches. Great. Same thing with all Shotzi matches, and I don't know what's going on with Bailey as of late. I don't know if there's still ring rust there. I don't know if it's her being a little ginger with the injury that she had suffered. Shotzi has not looked good in her entire main roster stint. This looked clunky. I don't know what it is, but it looked clunky. It was slow. It was very hesitant, right? I don't know what it was, but... It wasn't good. And the ladies are really starting to show the kinks in WWE's armor. They are the weakest part of the show. Anytime the women are on, it is the weakest part of the show. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. So maybe we need to start going back to the drawing board. So Bailey wins. Bailey wins in about six minutes, and most of this happened during the commercial break. Bailey and Shotzi, clunky, slow, very hesitant, like I said. Fans didn't really give a shit, had no heat whatsoever. And Shotzi, like I said, came out with the tank. Cole was very excited to see the tank back. Shotzi avoided Bailey's clothesline in the corner, sliding on her knees. Bailey tried fighting back, but Shotzi quickly took over. Shotzi was in control during the commercial break, and she was in control after we got back. Bailey got a suplex from Shotzi in the corner. She climbed to the middle turnbuckle. Bailey cut her off. She yanked Shotzi out of the corner by her leg. Bailey then hit the rose plant for the one, two, three. After the match was over, Bailey continued to attack Shotzi. She hit another rose plant and brought in a ladder. Bailey put Shotzi in the ladder. And Bianca Belair ran out for the save. Bailey tried to give Belair the rose plant on the ladder, but Belair reversed it into a KOD. Bailey grabbed the rope and escaped. I don't know. I mean, the ladder match should be great. Bailey and, and Bianca in a ladder match should be fantastic, but I, I, I don't know. Like I said, man, and I don't really, 
I, I think the women are, are very talented, and they got some real talent in that division, but it is just not clicking for me, man. It's not. Drew McIntyre, Johnny Gargano, and Kevin Owens, they defeated Austin Theory and the Alpha Academy in a little fun 10-minute main event. Everyone pretty much hit their spots, worked hard in this thing, big moves. Crowd was into it. Really enjoying what's going on here with Alpha Academy getting TV time. Kevin Owens has been fucking fantastic. Austin Theory, I don't know what they got planned for him, but he continues to be a complete doormat for everybody else. Makes me wonder when he is actually going to cash in, if he will be successful or not, just seeing how he's booked. Johnny Gargano got a recent re- uh, a decent reaction. Um, Drew McIntyre, always great. Heels took over, cut Gargano off from his corner. They were firmly in control until Gargano recovered, hit his spear on Austin Theory from the ring apron. Faces are in control. They cleared the ring. Owens hit a cannonball off the apron on top of Gable and Theory. We go to commercial break. Heels were in control. They took Gargano, started beating him down, isolating him. Gargano went for his finish, one final beat, but Gable countered into a Northern Lights suplex. Awesome spot, near fall. Theory attacked McIntyre, pulled him off the apron. Didn't matter because Owens was out there. He got the hot tag. He ran wild. Cannonball on Gable, followed up with a swanton bomb. Otis broke up the pin attempt. McIntyre tagged in. He ran wild on Austin Theory. He hit the belly-to-belly suplex and a neck breaker. He went for the Claymore, but Austin Theory slipped out of the ring. Otis attacked McIntyre at ringside. Owens and Gargano hit double super kicks on Otis and tried to put him through the commentary desk, but Gable made the save and went on the table, and over the table did uh, Gable's, Gable go. He landed right in Michael Cole's uh, commentary chair, and that was pretty much it. He got a stunner on the table. McIntyre hit the Claymore kick in the ring on theory for the one, two, three. After the match, McIntyre grabbed a strap, or the strap that will be used in his match against Cross at Extreme Rules, and whipped theory to end SmackDown. I thought it was a fun show, seeing how light that they were, but whoever they got to get there in Canada to give us a show, they got some Bianca Belair, they got some Alpha Academy, they got Kevin Owens, right? So they had a decent little show in light of the hurricane situation where travel has been a pain in the ass and people couldn't make the show because of travel. So it, it, it actually worked out pretty decently. That actually worked out pretty decently for Dynamite. They put on a solid show. They had an incredible main event with uh, Chris Jericho and Bandito. We had a solid show here from WWE on SmackDown. All things considering, listen, hopefully things get back to normal next week for both shows. And we got the season premiere next week, man. We got Roman Reigns and Logan Paul face-to-face. Gunther versus Sheamus, which you know is going to get a lot of TV time. And Ricochet goes one-on-one with Solo Sokoa. So they're lining that show up next week to be a big-time show. And I'm very excited about that Sheamus versus Gunther match. You know it is going to be an absolute banger. That is all I got, guys. I had a note here on Seth Rollins, but I'll save that for the podcast on Sunday. It's really not uh, anything pertinent. He wasn't even on the show tonight. Roman Reigns wasn't on the show tonight. Uh, But uh, we will go over that. He sat with Ariel Hawani and uh, we'll go over that on Saturday because I've been a big fan of Seth Rollins and what he's done. I think this is some of the best character work that he's done, probably the best character work he's done in his entire WWE run. So we will talk about that on Sunday when we have the flagship show live on YouTube. 
But uh, that is it, guys. Uh, that's all I got for you. And I hope you enjoyed today's post show. Here's the last show from the OTS Beer Garden. Until at least the nicer weather comes to us in the spring. We'll be going back to the OTS venue. The regular venue. Some people, you just may be joining me for the very first time. You may be seeing the OTS venue for the first time. Let's see. Let's see. We're going back to the OTS venue, bro. Yeah, look at that. So we'll be there, man. We'll be there. I hit the wrong button. We got, uh, yeah, this. See? Yeah, man. I'll be back to the regular OTS venue. But right now, we're in the beer garden, man. Right now, we're in the beer garden. So let's round it up, man. Let's let's finish it up tonight. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. I need 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's SmackDown post show. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Become a channel member right here on OTS, man. We got emotes, man. Look at these new emotes coming. We got the... <laughs> the Raquel laughing emote. Get them out, emote. LTB, rock on. Taco Tuesday, ace. Bench. That's for my mods. And we got two new badges, man. We got the JD title belt, and we got the Mustang. The JD title belt is 36-month members, and 48 months is the Mustang, man. Look at that. Absolutely love it, man. It should be great. So sign up. If you guys want access to those emotes, new and old emotes, man. You guys got a ton of emotes. We got the best-looking emotes in the entire IWC, bar none. Let's start at the top with the uh, Super Chats, man. Get them on in if you guys want to hang out. Lord J. Coyle with a $2 UK Super Chat. He says, my first Alter Bridge show in December. I can't wait. Bro, I've seen Alter Bridge eight times live. Every time I every time I, I watch them live in person, I never want it to end. They are fucking amazing. You're gonna have a good time, man. Trust me. New album out on October 14th. You know who actually had a new album out today, man? Slipknot. I, I listened to that first track on Slipknot's new album, man. I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? I don't know what the fuck they did, man. I, I listened to half of it. I did not enjoy it. There was maybe one song I enjoyed thoroughly on the new album. Not good so far. And I doubt it gets, I, I doubt it gets better than that. Jonathan McArdle with a 199 Super Chat. What about using Juice Robert Robertson? Who's Juice Robertson? You mean Juice Robinson? When Ring of Honor gets their TV deal. Maybe. Maybe, Jonathan. Uh, Juice would probably be on AEW, though. I could see him doing AEW. Juice Robinson, remember, guys, is rock hard. 
It's not difficult to figure out why he's rock hard. Thank you, Jonathan, with the $20 super chat. Lewis S. with a $10 super chat. Sorry I haven't been on this week, work life, but wanted to say great job on Hog this past Saturday. Thank you, bro. I thought was, you know, to be honest with you, I thought that was probably one of my weakest shows on commentary, but that main event, that main event was fucking awesome, man. I, I thought that main event was one of the best main events we've had in all of House of Glory. Grimsley with a $2 super chat. Love you, brother. Canceled my pre-order for Modern Warfare 2. Bro, the only reason I would ever pre-order Modern Warfare 2 is if they change the fundamentals back to the way they need to be, man. The mini-map needs to be classic mini-map. Dead Silence needs to be a perk. And the footsteps need to be fucking, like, lessened. Seriously. The perk system sucks. Darian Jones with a 499 Super Chat. Hey, keep making that money and speaking that truth, brother. Last cold one for me, or for you, meaning me. Last cold one for you. Thank you so much. Darian Jones, I appreciate you, brother. Raging Girl Gamer with a 25-month membership. Rage now has the golden microphone. Just says 25 months. Let's go. Going to be aiming for that 48 months for that Mustang. Also, I was so happy to see Omas wrestle again. Been missing him on my TV. Rage, you know, I can't wait. I can't wait for the get him out emojis to be in the chat, man. This would be the perfect time to have everybody in the chat use the get him out emojis for Rage, even though she's a golden microphone VIP. JP, he's got a golden microphone. Fight all super chat. Not a bad smackdown. Looking forward to the season premiere next week. Minus the appearance of Logan Fail. Also, love that platinum Mustang badge, JD. Ah, thank you, brother. You'll be there before you know it, man. Philip Newton with a 499 Super Chat. Antonio Inoki has done a lot for pro wrestling. It is a sad day in the IWC. Much love to JD and everyone in the chat. Uh, shout out to WWE, man, for uh, having Michael Cole middle of the show actually mentioned that he passed away earlier in the day. Uh, I know it was probably late in the game and they didn't have a video package ready for it. I'm assuming we'll see something online about it, but class act by WWE, man. Really a classy gesture by WWE Triple H to put his name out there. Uh, live on the show when probably nobody expected them to do that. Matthew Malnar with a three-month membership. Big Bad Wolf and Little Red Riding Hood equals Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss. The Three Little Pigs equals Loomis Cross, Strowman, or Scarlet. Just my theory. I could see it, man. Now, if it's not Strowman, it's somebody else. Strowman, Champa, maybe. Maybe we see a returning Eric Rowan back. I don't know. But yeah, I could see something like that, definitely. King Mo, 199. Hope Wyatt comes back strong. My favorite wrestler all time. King Mo, couple of cold beverages tonight, I see, huh? Can't spell.
Craig with a four-month membership. Thank you, buddy. I've been waiting for Bray to return. I'm so glad he held out and didn't go to AEW. I am uh, I'm glad he didn't go to AEW either. I don't think he would have did well there. Tony Storm. With a $2 super chat. This is not the real Tony Storm. I, I wish, but it is not. Tony Storm says, scissor me, J.D. Scissor spelled S-I-S-S-O-R. I didn't know Tony Storm was a bad speller. Yes. If this was the real Tony Storm, absolutely. I would take you up on your offer in a heartbeat. Uh, King Mo Jackson, Sable or Trish? Prime years. Who you got? Trish. Matthew Malnar with a 999 Super Chat. What if Wyatt disguised himself as JBL metaphorically to lure Corbin into the limousine? Just like the story of Little Red Riding Hood. Hence why we got the picture of the disguised wolf. Uh, listen, man, uh, th- that is a possibility. That is a possibility. If I am not mistaken, go back and watch that segment, man. The production truck in the background... During that segment when JBL asked Corbin to get into the limousine, the production truck door opened and it stayed open and nobody walked out. Now, I don't know if there's anything to do with anything, but it just opened. And I don't know why it would open if WWE was filming a segment backstage. Maybe that could be something. I don't know. WWE likes to put in little clues, man. We've seen, uh, we seen uh, the rabbit, I believe, on Monday Night Raw in the background. If you blink, you missed it. Walking by Bailey, we've seen uh, one of the other puppets make an appearance on one of the other shows a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Corbin could be involved. I have no idea. Michael Crowley. $5 Super Chat, your thoughts on Santos starting a Mexican Mafia with Legato and Dragon Lee. And can you do the Omos remembering Nikki Ash's name? Uh, Crowley, uh, I, I don't think that would really that, that would really sound good, man. Um, Omos is so dumb, he doesn't even know who Nikki Ash is. And Santos starting a Mexican Mafia with Legato and Dragon Lee. Uh, I don't know if Dragon Lee is going to be on his way to WWE, bro. But Legato would fit perfectly on SmackDown. Tony Storm with a $2 Super Chat. Thank you for making me a better fan of wrestling. Well, thank you, Tony Storm. Mac 10 with a new membership. Thank you, Mac 10. Chelsea. Seven months, Chelsea's a member. We're going in for that milestone again, OTS. Round it up, OTS for infinity. Hashtag drinks up. Much love. I need some strawberry chocolate whiskey on fresh ice. I don't even know if they even have strawberry chocolate whiskey. I don't know where we're getting these whiskeys from. Thank you, Chelsea. Uh, Susan D'Ambrosio with a 12-month membership. Thank you, Susan. JD just wanted to say I love the new emotes and bags. 
especially the Mustang. I love Mustangs. My thoughts and prayers to the people of Florida. Yes, Susan, the badges and the emotes look fantastic. Thanks to my great design team. Thank you for the 12 months. Uh, Mac, 5025 with a $10 super chat. I'm so done with MMM. It's dumb as fuck. I think everybody is done with the maximum male models. Uh, Chelsea, I don't drink cocktail mixes. Uh, I... No cocktail mixes for me. Too uh, too sugary. Too sweet. Uh, Mac. Thank you, brother. I'm done with them as well, man. Hopefully they're finished. Danny in Oak Park with a $4 Super Chat. Happy Friday, JD. And everyone here tonight, cheers. Keep the King Cobra tall cans coming. Cheers. Thank you, man. Mac. 5025. I agree. Failure with a $2 Super Chat. I guess uh, you agree with my Liv Morgan. Uh, opinion. And then Mac with a $20 super chat. I think Gigi and JC help live win and she turns heel. Gigi and JC help live? Then what about Mandy Rose? You're pretty much pitching a new toxic attraction with Liv Morgan leading the charge? I don't think that's going to work, bro. The Visionary becomes a four-month member. Hey, J.D. My precious, my little hobbits. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Ray J. with a $20 Super Chat. Embrace Hangman teaser. The answer is saying you did. It was in reference to Brace promo back in 2015 with Michael Cole before his feud with Roman. Also, the signal call letter spelt Bel Air, a.k.a. Philly. Now, I didn't know about that part. I didn't know about the Bel Air part. That's pretty crazy. I got to go back and look at that. Sean Ray J with a $5 Super Chat. Also, everything you said about the Live Ronda feud is true. I just want a new star built and just want to be optimistic they can fix their mistakes. LOL. Bro, the women's division sucks. Oh, my goodness, man. Look at this fucking guy. man, Daryl, Daryl, Daryl with a $500 super chat. Oh, my goodness. My boy, Sid Negan, man. This guy is just like fucking Osequi, man. He's on the deed. He's on the fucking papers here to own the goddamn venue, man. Osequi owns the OTS venue and... Daryl owns the beer garden. I I just work here. I just work here. Oh, my goodness, man. Daryl, thank you so much, brother. Listen, 
That is tremendous. That is absolutely just incredible, man. Your generosity just blows me away. You and Osaki, man, with these fucking bombs. Here's a farewell for now, OTF, Sith, Negan, Bomb, JD. Keep on being the measuring stick of success and the undisputed truth in the entire professional wrestling community. Hope to see you and the OTS family sometime down the road. Take care always, brother. JD is number one, and you all know it. Hashtag the enemy design. Daryl, don't go, uh, don't go away for good, bro. We, we, we can't have that. You know, you, you, uh, you may be going away for work reasons, bro, but, uh, you're never a stranger around here, bro. Ever. Do not be a stranger. Do not be a stranger, man. Everybody throw the prayer emojis up. Whiskey glass emojis for uh, for Daryl in the chat, man. He's going away for a little bit. He's got uh, he's got work to take care of. I don't see how theory is still Mr. Money in the Bank after all. Rumble hasn't done anything but take the L's. Yes. Great wrestler, but I don't know what they're doing with him as far as direction is concerned. Tenario one two way with a five dollar super chat. What's up, JD? Do you listen to Black Sabbath? No, I do not. Tony Storm with a two dollar super chat. Juice uses Blue Chew. Code JD at checkout. Bro, if 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 Juice needs Blue Chew with Tony Storm, man, I you believe this shit. Rock hard. Juice Robinson needs Blue Chew with Tony Storm, bro. Lena Scorpio with a three-month recommitment to the OTS VIP club. Thank God it's Friday. JD, you are the GOATS. It's been awesome being a part of the OTS crew, fam, and I'll miss you doing Let Me At Him, Scoob! Let Me At Him! Reggie! Jaxo with a uh, $10 super chat. Great show, JD. Also, I hope to, dear God, they aren't thinking of having Nyla Rose beat Jade for the title. I will lose it. Also, the card for Extreme Rules is fire. Is that who Jade's next opponent is? Nyla Rose? I'm glad I didn't watch Rampage. Furious Nation with a $5 Super Chat. What's up, JD? Can't believe it's already October. Bro, before you know it, it'll be Thanksgiving and Christmas, man. And I fucking can't stand these holidays. Pause. 
with a 499 super chat. If Cody beats Roman, who do you think will beat Cody for the title? Bro, we're not even there yet. What the fuck are we talking about Cody losing the title? Dude? Let's get Cody winning the Royal Rumble first, and then come ask me after WrestleMania. Furious Nation with a final super chat. Decent SmackDown tonight, to be honest. Looking forward to the SmackDown season premiere. Also, rest in peace, Antonio Inoki. Jack so with the $2 Super Chat. I hope the queen continues to stay off my TV. Yes, I, I can't stand her, man. The division is, is, is terrible, but it would be even worse with Charlotte back. There's nobody there that would really be, you know... What is going to be different with Charlotte back? There's nobody there. Scenario one two eight JD is there a good place in the Bronx to go get ravioli? Yeah, Arthur Avenue. Any of the Italian shops on Arthur Avenue? Any of the restaurants on Arthur Avenue? Just Arthur Avenue. Najee with a four ninety nine super chat. Listen to you at work every day. I'm with you on Cody winning at Mania. Who do you think will be his first challenger? I can't remember her name either. Why do I forget it every week, man? What you gotta put fucking signs up? I can't remember it. Trash, 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 trash. Okay, right, yeah, trash. I, I got it. It's not Monday, man. It's Friday. Okay, I'll get it right on Monday, maybe. Maybe. You know, I got, I gotta have a couple old fashions to even watch her matches. She's fucking terrible, man. I mean, come on. Hey, give me a break. Who, who watches that and enjoys it? Yeah, TR. Hey, I said, I got you, man. Don't worry about it. I got you. It's great. Well, we'll talk about it on Monday, man. I got to get out of here, okay? Fucking talking about Nikki uh, Trash. Yeah, I see you, right? This fucking guy. Ridiculous, man. Uh, thank you, Najee. Uh, who do I think will be his first challenger? I mean, we had pause ask that question earlier. It could be anybody, man. Carrying Cross. It could be. We don't know. I mean, we 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 don't know. I, I can't answer that question. Because when Cody wins the title, there will be a draft, and the rosters will be changed. I don't know who's going to be on what show. That's a solid answer. Okay. Uh JM. $2 super job. Abandon all hope. Ye who exits here sign at Funhouse. Yes. I think everybody kind of caught wind of that. Devon Cooley with a $5 super chat. Raising my glass to the head of the IWC table. Cheers to you, brother. Thank you so much, man. Fiorius Nation with a $20 super chat. To be honest, I like Liv, but uh, am I the only one who thinks that Liv could use a heel turn, possibly? It might be best for her. Thoughts on turning Liv heel and bringing back Logan and Ruby when her AEW contract expires? Um, If her contract is up, sure thing. I mean, she ain't doing anything over in AEW anyway. Sarah Logan, I would I would pair her with the Viking Raiders, man. I would not put her in the, in the Riot Squad. No. How about some new blood? Around Liv Morgan, if you want to put her, uh, make her a heel, put her in a heel faction. MGM Ballin with a 499 super chat. Not sure where Sidro is. 
so I guess I'll tell a joke. Ready? Here it is. Impact Wrestling. <laughs> Come on, man. You don't watch Impact Wrestling now, dude. Who the fuck watches Impact Wrestling, man? How many people they got in that arena? Uh, the Impact Zone now, man. What, what, what was the last week? Five? Five people. What, what were they this week, man? What? Eight? Eight people in the Impact Zone, man. <laughs> hey, listen, man, that's an improvement. That's impressive, man. That's eight people. Eight people watch Impact, man. Better than zero, right? Fuck out of here. Nobody watches Impact Wrestling, man. That's a sign of things to come, man. That's, that's a good job there. Things are looking out for Impact Wrestling. Eight people. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I do, man? I'm on TV Thursday, right? I'm in the I'm in the living room drinking an old fashioned, right? You know what I'm doing before I go to Travel Channel and watch a new Ghost Adventures? I skip right past Axis TV and I laugh. <laughs> and then I turn on Discovery Plus and I go watch something that's more entertainment than Impact Wrestling. Imagine, people still ask me to this day, man. Well, JD, why don't you review Impact Wrestling on Thursdays? Have you seen Fightful's views on Impact, man? They don't even get fucking 80 people watching their reviews. Kind of goes in line with the fucking eight people that are watching it live at the Impact Zone. Which is funny. Which is funny because both of the people who host Fightful's Impact review have me blocked. Never interacted with them once. You review a dead product. And your show sucks. Fuck off. You break. Show sucks so bad that they don't even want to watch people talking about it. Maybe if you got someone as entertaining as me talking about it, maybe we'd pull in more than what Impact pulls in in a weekly, in a weekly fucking review. Fuck out of here, man. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, Furious Nation with a $5 super chat. Thank God Max Dupree is gone and LA Knight is back. Yeah! Shout out to Daryl with the $500 bomb. Thank you, brother. Daylin becomes a new member. Daylin is now going to have access to the emotes. Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. By the way, I seen Sidro in the chat earlier. I know he's here. Uh, Furious Nation with a $10 super chat. I know the SmackDown with no Charlotte, and she isn't missed by me whatsoever. Would you be surprised if Charlotte acts like Brock Lesnar when he said, if Vince is gone, then I'm gone? No. She'll be back. Triple H knows exactly what he's doing. When the time is right, she'll be back. White Rabbit. We got White Rabbit with a $2 Super Chat. White Rabbit's actually a member for two months. Feed your head, JD. Yeah, I would feed my head, but uh, I'm saving that job for your mother. I'm sorry. Uh, 
Danny in Oak Park with a two dollar super chat. Tip jar. Tip jar. What tip jar? Put it in the tip jar. Issa could use it. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here, man. We uh, we had a good time. We had a good time, man. Talked about SmackDown. Laughed at uh, Impact Wrestling. It's always a great night when we can make fun of Impact Wrestling, man. It's great. It's great. Next time you guys see me, you will uh, see me live on Sunday night. Episode 446. Anyway, guys, uh, this is the last night. I'm sorry to see you go, man. I love it. I love it. The beard garden's gone, man. The beard garden's going away until at least March. March or April. I don't know what we're going to do, man. What are we going to do? It's crazy. We had a good time in the beer garden, man. Some of the best shows that I've ever done happened in the beer garden. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, guys, uh, if you missed any of the content in the week, there's tons of it. I did an extra today. I would really advise you guys to go check it out. Go check it out and uh, let me know what you think. If you guys want any more content, everything is there. Monday night, Wednesday night, extras. Wanted to end the month strong. So there you go. Sunday, I'll be live with episode 446. I don't know what the top story is this week. We'll figure something out. If not, we'll just uh, leave it as is. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Always great when social media is thriving. Best way to find me and everything I do is on social media. Continue to get those super chats in, man. Continue to, continue to get those channel member super in. We got the new emotes coming on Sunday, I hope. I, I got them. I just need them to email me the emotes. And then I'll uh, apply it to the YouTube channel and the membership program. Make sure you guys continue to hit that thumbs up. I need a 1,000 likes minimum. I know we'll get it. I like to hit it when we're live, but it was a slow night, man. Friday is usually a slow. Unless something major has happened. Hopefully next week there's a, a big crowd. we got the season premiere of SmackDown. Should be a big show. But, uh, yeah, everything's going good, man. September was the best month that we've ever had. Uh, I feel like I say that often, but it truly was. Thanks to you guys. And we close strong with Daryl and his amazing support and everybody else. Thank you so much, guys. Listen, until the springtime and the beer garden returns, man, we'll be back in the OTS venue, the classic OTS venue on Sunday. I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, I need those Mustang emojis in the chat, and I need that music on max. Guys, thank you for a great night, and I will see you all Sunday night live for episode 446 of Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.